Welcome to Day Zero Update for February 25th, 2024. I'm your host, Chris Sologi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Reb Victorio. And yeah, we've got a big week this week. Uh, it's the week where everybody decided they're going to announce dates for way too many games. Yep. Uh, especially yep. for the next few weeks here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we had a Nintendo Partner Showcase. Yep. That uh, had a bunch of stuff in it. And mm-hmm. along with that, we got uh, a number of other things that got announced. Uh, we got a showcase. Another showcase happened this week just for yep. Pokemon people. Yep. Uh, but we got... Uh, the titles and dates for Microsoft's first four games coming mm-hmm. to PlayStation and or Switch. Yep. Uh, less than a week after they announced that there were going to be four games. Uh-huh. Uh, making that a whole weird thing. But uh, yep. yeah, that's uh, what we got going on here. So before we get to that, we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'll kick it off here. Uh, I've been playing a good bit of Pacific Drive. Yeah. Uh, this is a new indie game coming out of uh, I think it's Kepler Interactive mm-hmm. um, uh, as the publisher like the same one that's done uh, a number of other games um, yeah, I'm just trying to double check that uh, but yeah it's, uh, it's a very neat game it's a, essentially like a driving game um, but set in what they call the Pacific Exclusion Zone that is this area that has been um, sectioned off, big walls mm-hmm. built around this area where a bunch of weird stuff has been happening. Uh, I think they set this, uh, you get the intro, it started in like the 50s. Mm-hmm. I think this is taking place in the 80s, so uh, you do not uh, really expect to see too much in the way of say modern car stuff in this game yeah um uh but yeah you're a breacher who has breached the wall to make some sort of delivery mm-hmm. and the process gets drawn into um uh, the weird stuff that's going on here or the olympic mm-hmm. exclusion zone sorry i got that wrong uh yeah but it's it's in the pacific northwest mm-hmm. area uh so you get drawn in and then find this car that is apparently um a remnant i believe they call it uh some sort of magical item of sorts that apparently is uh some of the people you talk to say that it eventually drives you mad mm-hmm. as uh it becomes like a thing that you fixate on i guess but yeah uh the tutorial kind of runs you through how you are um Building up this vehicle, uh, mm-hmm. fixing parts on it, uh, potentially uh, changing out like the panels and doors and wheels and yeah. uh, that kind of stuff to it to upgrade it. Um, right now, I have very basic stuff I can do on that. Uh, I think all the all the versions of panels and such that I can do are called crude mm-hmm. uh, ones, but I've seen steel and armored versions out in. Uh, the 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 zone itself as you kind of get a, a bit of a roguelite kind of uh framework to this as you go because mm-hmm. uh, you check out the map and they show these bespoke uh areas that i don't know mm-hmm. if they are randomly generated i don't i don't 100 know that uh as far as the the way they're laid out uh because i had 
a uh, weird crash that happened while I was exploring sort of the first zone I was looking at for the first time. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, it was just putting me in that same same zone. Uh, maybe some things happened a little bit differently, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Mm. Um, but yeah, you kind of go through this tutorial. You explore an area that doesn't have any major weird things happening, though uh, you have, you put these like goggles on, like almost like 80s VR goggles mm. on that lets you scan a bunch of stuff. So you're encouraged when you see things that look different uh, to scan them or just new things because uh the big thing is like trying to track all these anomalies as it tells you when you go into zones, like these are the anomalies that'll be in this area. Uh, And it can be as simple as like pieces of land that just rise up and down uh, to uh, weird electrical storms or, you know, a bunch of other things, even including to spooky stuff like uh, mannequins that move around as you're looking away from them. Yeah. Uh, as far as I've seen, haven't done anything, but the description, like the the flavor text you get around that is like, don't touch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have run into them on in my car, but I haven't seen any consequences for that. But uh, yeah, you're kind of running around scavenging for stuff. You find buildings. Uh, you may be able to get into them. Sometimes you may not be able to if they mm. require different things to unlock them. Mm. Um, I've had certain types of kits like i have a a number pad on them and you obviously don't know the the key or anything you can't you can't put anything in on it but it uh it says like oh you need an electrician's kit to break this thing mm. essentially and get in um which i have not been able to craft so yeah like as you go through the the tutorial you put a a crafting station in your in the back of your station wagon as well as some extra inventory stuff so that you can Put all your uh, items and such in there mm. uh, alongside the one that you have on yourself, a backpack, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have room for four things you can hold, mm. which so far I have a crowbar or a pry bar, as it calls it, um, a cutter, which you can break down electronics into, you know, the, the materials, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you kind of want to do that, especially when you find new stuff that looks weird because it might have new materials in it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, as you go, you kind of get these points you can spend on adding new things you can craft to your uh, uh your crafting benches, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you kind of want to do that to uh have more things to do. Maybe make mm-hmm. your vehicle more fortified because you run into, you know, a lot of weird situations where you may have I think I had a headlight that got fried electron with a the electrical thing. And so that uh, required me to have an electrician's kit, what I didn't have. So it's just like, oh, I got one headlight now. I could have probably just broken it down and built a crude one for it, but I didn't want to. But yeah, kind of following the story stuff right now, because they are just kind of leading you through some of the some of the weird stuff that's going on, which had me essentially uh, driving my car into this big weird thing. And that essentially ended a run and brought me back to the uh, the garage that you start at. Mm-hmm. With these runs, which kind of lets you, you know, craft more things, uh, rebuild your uh, car and fix things and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's really neat. It's got good vibes to it. Uh, nice and spooky, but nothing scary yet. At least I haven't seen like creatures outside of the, the mannequins. So uh, that's something I'm 
looking forward to playing uh, some more. And yeah, the the driving feels really good as you're in the car and you kind of have the uh, need to you know look at the ignition to turn off the car and at the at the stick to put it in brake or drive. Uh, they yeah. do have a ton of accessibility, so you can like by default it requires a hold button to you know turn it on or uh, switch it to park or drive. Um, but they have a bunch of accessibility options for turning that stuff down to just a, a press or whatever, um, as well as various other things. They let you kind of mess with a lot um, before there's like three things that turn off trophies. So if you really want to kind of explore everything without, you know, uh, doing any of that stuff, you kind of just turn off all the damage that you can take uh, mm. that turns off trophies. But that could be a fun way to kind of explore and like check everything out without worrying about dying or losing your stuff or whatever. Uh, but mm. even I think one of the things you can turn down is like when you die, do you like lose all your items? Do you lose some of your items? Uh, you can even turn it down to lose nothing. So it's pretty forgiving for what stuff you can uh, kind of challenge yourself with if you want to do that stuff so yeah it's a it's a really well done game like it's mm-hmm. 30 bucks on uh playstation and pc ps5 and pc it's on right now so that's one worth checking out if you like your spooky games especially games where you're driving and doing some cool stuff with that mm-hmm. uh so yeah that's a it's a fun one uh the other new game i've been playing this week is pocket card jockey right on this got announced in the partner showcase mm-hmm. as a, a game that's I believe uh, Game Freak put out uh, a year or two ago on Apple Arcade, and the exclusivity must have been up as they uh, announced this whole uh, thing here. So, yeah, um, it's a lot like the original game on the 3DS, except instead of having you know two screens to do your stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you just have the the one. So it has you doing a lot of uh, uh, stuff with the. I think the right stick is what you're using a, a lot, uh, as well as you know some some basic buttons. But um, the original game was basically what if you had a horse racing game, but uh, the way you determined how well you did at you know key points in the in the race was by doing solitaire. Uh, though it's not Klondike solitaire, I think it's more like uh, as far as it's labeled in Microsoft solitaire, pyramid solitaire. Uh, which essentially presents you with cards that um, you are trying to... So if you get a five, uh, you want to pick a card that's a six or a four, you know, kind of go a step up or down mm-hmm. and kind of get combos that way. Uh, hopefully getting all the cards that are in your... Uh, that are laid down for you on the field. Um, and so this is, uh, at least from the, the race I've done so far... You, you're only doing that like two or three times. Um, and you have options to uh, the way you're um, putting your horse in the field. You can enter hard zones where it gives you a harder uh, game to play, um, but you get you know more energy out of it and that kind of stuff. Uh, so there's there's risk and reward there, as well as like cards that you're trying to pick up uh, that are dropped on the on the track that. Depending on where you put them, you can pick that stuff at, as you go, and uh, those get just added onto the cards. So you might see different cards get modified, mm. so that you get uh, maybe more ability to 
uh, do a little crop smacking thing at the end, or you know get a boost of energy at the uh, the final stretch, uh, that kind of stuff, or things that'll just give you a boost in like XP or skill uh, XP at the end, that kind of stuff uh, when it's tallying everything after the race. So yeah, it's it's pretty neat. So they do a good job of making this work on a on a controller because uh, it's got very little that you're doing for most of the uh the race that you're doing so it's uh you're just kind of watching as things progress and making some decisions and then playing a little solitaire and then going back to making decisions that kind of stuff but then you get to the the final stretch where you directly control your horse and you're basically just trying to stay out of the way of other horses and kind of hopefully get to the front of the pack if you're not there already and Mm -hmm. that's all dependent on stat stuff and uh, the way you've been doing in the earlier parts of the race to feed up your your energy and your race pace stuff so um but yeah it's a fun time stories nothing really to write home about it's you're a dumb jockey who like who wants to race in the big race and uh this this guy is kind of your manager early on saying like you haven't done anything you don't deserve it then they give you a for the tutorial to give you a pretty good horse to do some tutorial races in as mm-hmm. you get the hang of it. And then they're like, all right, this, this horse is too good for you. So here's uh, a bad horse that mm-hmm. makes you start, you know, actual races. Um, but I was able to win those races pretty early on with the, the bad horse. So, um, but as you play more of it, you unlock the ability to take on other horses and that kind of stuff. So, um, they have a bunch of unlock uh, requirements for that stuff, so you kind of want to keep an eye on that stuff. But um, they, because the the way the horses work for racing, it's like the two year olds, three year olds, and four year olds, and uh, you kind of go through uh, a handful of races for each year, mm. uh, depending on how well you do. Um, you try to make your way up to the G one races. That'll be the the big ones to win, um, mm. and if you do that, you uh, set yourself up to uh, get big rewards and all that. You get coins at the end of each race, which you use to pay for these um, essentially consumable cards that boost your boost different aspects of the the gameplay. Like maybe highlight the cards that you should pick next. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it's not too complicated a game. It's fifteen bucks, so it's not exactly what's going to break the bank, but a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty And pretty solid for all that. So, yeah, that's been uh, the other new game I've been playing this week. And then the, the last thing I've finished, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm-hmm. I'm working on the, the Intermission DLC with UFV, uh, which has been pretty fun. And yeah, they, they end that game with a, a whole lot of almost like Kingdom Heart kind of talk about, you know, challenging fate and all this. It's like Okay, you're laying it on heavy that you're not necessarily guaranteed to follow the exact story that Final Fantasy VII had, the original. Uh, though they do show you plenty of like glimpses of cutscenes from the original game as they're like trying to make sense of whatever this fate is. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, got a lot of stuff that hints at things that they are doing in Rebirth, which is mm-hmm. potentially messing with uh, the the original story, which uh is a pretty cool thing to do mm. as a you know 
all the platforms have the original Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. If people want to play that, and this is kind of playing with people's expectations in interesting ways. So, and the, the Yuffie DLC is pretty neat because she, uh, combat-wise, controls differently than every other character that you've had, mm-hmm. and so that makes it a bit more challenging, but adds some more interesting stuff. And then, yeah, that's going to feed into Rebirth, where you have a few more characters on top of that who are also mm-hmm. going to control differently and do different things. So. Um, looking forward to that. I'll finish up intermission probably this this week, so uh, mm-hmm. that won't be too bad. So uh, that's pretty much it for me. So what about you, Brandon? What have you been doing? Uh, well, as for me, um, I am just about finished with Persona Three Reload. Uh, I've actually started working on my review, and that should be done probably by the end of next week of this week. So be looking out for that. Um, but yeah, uh, that game is. A little bit shorter than you know a lot of the other persona games persona 5 in particular is a lot longer um and it's kind of when you realize that you start to realize like how so much of what we consider as modern persona more or less started with persona 3 everything from like the social interactions and all that stuff the relationship stuff pretty much all started with persona 3 um and yeah, it's it's. I'm glad that this game is like now in a honestly better version than the original one because the original one was incredibly. Um, it, it had a lot of flaws even back then that people were pointing out, and frankly, I think a lot of the 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 upgrades they made for this version are basically just it makes the game so much better. But um, Outside of that, um, I went ahead and got the new DLC for Splatoon 3 called Side Order. It's essentially kind of similar to like what the Octo expansion was for Splatoon 2, right down to the fact that you're actually playing the same character. Um, but essentially what the essential plot of Side Order is, is that you are... Uh, on this train from Splatsville back to Inkopolis, which is where, you know, the original, where Splatoon 2 was largely located at. And at some point, um, you end up waking up as Agent 8, and you find yourself in this place that kind of looks like Inkopolis, but it's like all white and grayish, and it's got like these weird little AI creatures walking around. And you end up getting woken up by Pearl from off the hook, and she is, for some reason, in the in the form of this weird little drone thing, and she basically cajoles you into going into the big tower that's in the middle of Inkopolis, except in this case, it's more like a skyscraper. And when you go in there, you find out that this place is it's, um, essentially been taken over. Well, first of all, you find out it's a virtual reality simulation uh, that you have somehow ended up in. And this virtual reality simulation was created by Marina, you know, the other half of off the hook and this was like a side project she was trying to work on to help you know her fellow octolings who are sort of trying to integrate into you know squid society um and while she was doing it this ai inside of it called the order basically went rogue and slowly started to take control over the simulation and is now actively trying to leave the simulation and go outside so what you have to do is um it's essentially like a roguelite more or less um there's i think there's something like 30 floors in this building you have to clear but it's not like easy at all um 
much like with the test that you did in um that you did in Splatoon in the Octo expansion, um you essentially are given to these like kind of randomly generated levels where you have to complete certain tasks like you know destroying portals or getting these giant eight balls to this area or like you know inking over an area and guarding it from enemies stuff like that um and um but and and just like with um you know with the octo expansion where you can get like you know an easy version or a normal version you know or you know like easy tasks you know tasks that have like different difficulty levels you can do the same thing here but the difference is um unlike in octo expansion all of these are randomly generated there is they're all randomly created and every one of them is goes from different difficulty areas some of them are kind of easy you could get them done in under a minute some of them are hard and can take a few minutes to longer to finish um and there are also bosses that you end up going up against but these bosses are also like randomly placed out so you know if, if you know the order of bosses you encounter are basically never the same way twice and there's a bunch of different kinds of them. Um, there's one that's like a giant rolling ball that sp spits ink. There's another one that's like, you know, zombie clones of other squid kids that you fight against. Um, stuff like that. And uh, it's uh, it, it can be difficult. And what how this game, how it works is that every time you go and choose, you know, what level you're going to do, you end up getting something called a color chip. Because when you go into uh, the tower, you are equipped with something called a color palette. And this color palette, you can basically put, choose these chips, and each chip essentially has different effects on you and your equipment uh some of them will make you so you can run faster others will make the splatter of your weapon you know you know extend farther out or wider some of them will reduce the amount of ink that you end up consuming when using it uh you know stuff like that um and it's pretty random like every time you go in and it's surprisingly super addictive uh, but what happens is, you know, being that it's a roguelite, every time you end up dying, you basically get sent back down to the bottom. And all of your color chips, what they end up doing is they end up going into a, well, they end up getting uh, turned into these uh, currency that you use, which you give to Marina before you go back in. And she can basically hack the simulation and do things like increase the amount of life you have or the number of lives you have going in or you know, the power of your weapon, stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's basically Splatoon 3 side order. It's actually pretty good. Um, I also started doing uh, playing Splatoon back online again because I hadn't done that in a while. And remember why I both love and hate doing that. I love it because, you know, it's one of the few online games where you can, you know, you don't have to talk to anybody. You can just play by yourself, play with a bunch of random people. And it's fun and it's always fun and hate it because I'm terrible at it. And, that has not changed one bit. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been playing. So uh, Dan, what about you? Yeah, uh, at the beginning of last week, I finally finished um, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Um, mm -hmm. I was on the last boss, and I started fighting him at around 1 a.m., and I didn't uh, complete that until like 3 a.m., because I lost like four times. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, like it, re it required a bit of luck. Maybe I was a little bit underleveled, but you know, for the most part, I was uh, impressed because 
there isn't a whole lot of grinding in um, Infinite Wealth. And if you played uh, like a Dragon or Yakuza 7, uh, you mm-hmm. kind of did have to do a little bit of grinding before you reached the uh, big tower where the uh, final bad guy was. Um, but yeah, so um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it, it. It did take a few uh, tries, but you know, as, as long as you're being strategic with the healing and you know using the right spells to make sure that uh, the boss isn't like overpowering you, then you'll be fine. So yeah, that, that was a pretty cool experience, and the ending was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not gonna say what happened, but I'm very. Um, I was very Im- impressed with the way that, you know, um, if, if you will, uh, Kiryu hands the baton over to uh, Kasuga. So um, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but that was definitely fun. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do plan on, plan on uh, platinum, platinuming the game sometime in the, in the near future. Just, you know, we have a lot of RPGs coming out, so I don't want to do that yet. But the main things that I have to do are, you know, getting uh, Kasuga over to level 70, which, is, which in itself will be a grind. And then there's also a lot of uh, Dodonko Island stuff, which if you guys watch the uh, trailer for the game, it's pretty much Animal Crossing. You know, you have to uh, go to the deserted island. And the whole idea with this thing is that you want to turn your um, island into a five-star resort. And throughout the game, with all the minigames that you do, you actually end up uh, having the ability to recruit the various NPCs from uh, the Yakuza main story to this. And yeah, it's taking... uh, an interesting turn there and like you know if you play the yakuza game like you, you pretty much know what to expect like it's the game within the game you know yakuza 2 had that real-time strategy game um like a dragon or yakuza 7 had the um the business management game and you know it's it's it, it does take a lot of time to like you know f- finish that, that stuff up but um, i'm looking forward to eventually getting back into that mm. I also jumped into Persona 3 Reload. Um, I am now like 24 hours into that game already. I have been totally hooked. And, you know, just to uh, give you guys a little bit of a history with, um, uh, with how I've played Persona, uh, Persona 5 is really the only, like, main game that I've completed in the series. Um, I've played Persona 3 Fez. I've played Persona 3 Portable. But for some reason or another, I just never actually completed them. And the main reason being was... Um, I always uh, went to Tartarus and went as far as I possibly could in it. And because of that, like, I had no idea when, um, when the dungeon would actually uh, update itself. And, you know, as you progress to the game, you find out it's like, I mean, I don't know if it's that, if, if it's that big of a spoiler, but like every, every full moon something happens. And I didn't know that. Like, I was playing through 20 days at a time on the calendar with nothing really happening. And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm getting a little bored. And Persona 5 sort of had, like, that same system, but I thought Persona 5 had a better calendar, and it was a lot easier to plan out, you know, your uh, social links and uh, things to do at school and whatever it may be, as opposed to the actual dungeon-crawling part of the game. And that made it a whole lot more enjoyable and streamlined to me. So Persona 3 Reload sort of um, improves upon that aspect, except that you don't, or unless I'm I'm just, like, looking in in the wrong place, I don't see the full calendar of like things to do um you do have the the ui on the upper right that tells you how close you are to a full moon but aside from that like you're i was pretty much going into each day blindly and yeah persona 3 reload has definitely helped out in that regard um i've got to a point where you know i've uh recruited um the fifth party member and um yeah it's it's it's, it's pretty cool in that regard um one interesting thing though is that you know uh, playing as many JRPGs as, as I do, I do recognize like some voices, 
And a lot of the voices in Persona 5 are the same in Persona 3 Reload. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of calling you somebody else because I'm used to this voice actor or voice actress uh, being this person. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying what I'm playing so far. Uh, my main thing, though, is a Watch Mojo video from years back spoiled the end for me. So I know what happens there. But like going through the journey is, is, is still fun for me. Um, I've gotten to a point where um, we have people getting lost in Tartarus. And you know, uh, learning about the various social links with the with the guy in the track team, uh, mm -hmm. the guy in the student council, um, all this stuff is is really hitting. Um, I'm learning about the guy who uh, who eats too much or whatever the, whatever he the, the food guy. Uh, mm -hmm. It's really a whole, uh, whole lot of fun stuff, and I'm I'm enjoying you know the um, the journey to the end. And yeah, like my challenge to myself, I don't know if it'll work out, is to beat this game before the release of Final Fantasy VII, and that game comes out next Friday, so that'll be a tough task uh but but i'm ready and uh yeah so along with your review of persona 3 reload i'll probably have my review of um uh like a dragon coming out uh in the middle of this week as well so definitely look forward to the site uh in the coming days especially if you're looking forward to getting involved in this rpg onslaught because for me especially after finishing games like ground blue um yakuza this and then final fantasy like if i can successfully say that i have done this within a timely period then i'm you know gonna be pretty happy with this uh first quarter of the year so uh that's pretty cool there and um we'll talk about like uh what happened a little later but i did also start penny's big breakaway um this game was announced on a nintendo direct last year and it pretty much shadow dropped um as part of a nintendo partner direct uh this week and um yeah i, I ended up asking for a code and getting it a few hours later so um, I haven't played too much of it yet, but basically this game was developed by uh, the folks that developed Sonic Mania, and you could tell that they really intended on making a 3D Sonic game, because uh, it has a lot of uh, similarities that made me think, yeah, this is totally Sonic. Like, you have um, the various uh, transitions to the first part of every zone or level, um, and yeah, so this main character has a yo-yo, and the yo-yo can be used to um, both travel fast over the map as well as um, add to their jump, uh, swing, and whatever it may be. And, like, the way the character uses the yo-yo is very similar to the way Sonic would um, use his uh, spin drive. And, mm -hmm. yeah, like, it, it, it's pretty cool in that regard. But it also has some of the shortcomings that plague various 3D Sonic games, mainly being... If you're not going fast, you're going really, really slow, and it makes the game like tedious as a result. But like, um, I've already seen some videos of people speedrunning through the courses in various ways, and it's just really cool seeing. Um, most of the levels uh, have some sort of uh, collectible uh, thing to enhance it, but for the most part, all you want to do is really get to the end. And um, I've only played through like the first full world, and nothing has been totally um, hard. The main thing is just making sure that if you're going fast, you want to make sure that you have control of your character because it's really easy to fall off the course. And um, one of the uh, boss levels was pretty much running away from uh, a big ball of penguins. Oh, yeah, I should mention that. Um, the main things that or the main enemies that will kill you in the game are penguins. And what happens is uh, if more than six attach to you, you die that way. Um, otherwise, so far, I haven't seen any way that you can actually get harmed aside from falling off the level. And uh, yeah, that's been pretty different. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the game. It has a really cool look, really cool colors. 
I don't know if I'm a, if I'm a fan of uh, the art style all that much, but it also reminds me as of a sort of a uh, more pastel Klonoa, except it has some real um, Sonic aspects to it. So if you're a huge Sonic fan uh, or a Sonic 3D fan, uh, I would definitely recommend this because I will, you know, I'm, I'm already ready to say that this is better than every 3D Sonic game there is, and that's just a testament to how good, um, you know, T Lopes and everybody is here. Uh, the the soundtrack is also awesome. So yeah, Penny's Big Breakaway is definitely. Uh, a big breakaway hit you know we'll talk about you know the, the the direct a little later but this is definitely a shadow drop much in the vein of a hi-fi rush that i totally recommend and even though you didn't expect it it's definitely the one that you want you want to check out and yeah that's that's about it all right all right so yeah let's get to some news uh, and first up here game pass has announced their next slate of games here for the next week or so Mm-hmm. Uh, let's check that out. I think there's one that's not on this list at all mm-hmm. uh, that did kind of come up as a surprise, uh, which was Dead Island 2 was on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check that out. Uh, let's see, for things that are available now, there's Return to Grace. I think we talked about this last week um, or last time, a uh, first-person narrative adventure game mm-hmm. about an AI, a long-lost AI god that you're... Mm-hmm dealing with and trying to figure out what happened. So mm-hmm. there's that tales of arise is also on there at this point. Uh, okay. Here's the other stuff. That's new bluey, the video game. Yep. Uh, the game based on the popular kids show. Yeah. Uh, for console and PC. And yeah, this is uh, one of those games I've heard not as great as people were hoping. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, but yeah, you can check that out now. Uh, and that's it for the stuff that's available now for things that are coming in the near future. Uh, let's see, Man Eater for console and PC on the 27th, so that'll be Tuesday. Uh, that is a fun uh, uh, action RPG where you play a shark who is just going around eating fish and killing other sharks and mm-hmm. humans and doing all kinds of weird stuff. Yep. Uh, so you can check that out. Uh, let's see. There's on the 28th, Indivisible. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a uh, another game returning to Game Pass that's been on there previously. Uh, that's just a platforming RPG game. Mm-hmm. Essentially, not uh, not too complicated, but uh, yeah, solid one yeah. there. Uh, let's see, available on Friday, uh, Thursday, the 29th, Space Engineers for console and PC. This is a a sandbox creation game, mm-hmm. essentially, uh, with survival stuff to it as well, if you want. Um, but you can build spaceships and all kinds of different vehicles and such uh, to try to travel through space and explore planets and do all that kind of stuff. So mm. uh, that's a neat one. And uh, the next one after that is on March 5th, uh, which is Warhammer 40,000 Bolt Gun mm-hmm. for console and PC. And this is basically... Uh, Warhammer Doom style. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably doing the, a bit more than like the original ga- Doom games did, but very much in that vein of oh yeah, um, retro style first person shooter. So yeah, that's uh, another thing you can check out. So yeah, that's kind of it here uh, for the next week or two mm-hmm. uh, for that. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's uh, definitely not a bad lineup. You know, we all we, we already heard about the uh, Tales games coming to uh, PS Plus Extra last week, so it's cool to see Arise pretty much just available to anybody who wants to play it, as long as you have these subscriptions. 
And um, yeah, like it's, it's it's funny. Bluey is here. Um, you know, I I've watched I'm, I've watched Bluey with my little nephew, and yeah, I, I definitely enjoy it. And it's funny because yeah, you you did say that there were some people disappointed with that game, but at the end of the day, there's two people who are playing that game. There's the kids, and there's the the adults who want the kids to or. The, the adults who are playing it because the kid is forcing them to play it. And um, <laughs> yeah, if, if, if this was like PS Plus Extra, I would totally give it a try because I, I, I want that platinum. Uh, not really excited to try it on Xbox, but you know, I, I can hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there you go for that. Um, the other big news of the week uh, is that less than a week after having their big podcast uh, talking about bringing a handful of games to uh, PlayStation and Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the te- uh, uh, Xbox kind of officially announced the the four games that were mm-hmm. coming over, so kind of made that podcast just look a little bit weirder. Yeah. Uh, for that, though, I get the the, the two that are coming to uh, Nintendo uh, kind of being uh, held back for the um, for the Direct, but mm. uh I don't think the the names themselves would have been a big deal, but either way, um, we got the the dates and such for that. Pentiment is out now, uh, PS5, PS4, and Switch. Uh, so you can check that out. I believe that's twenty bucks, uh, regular price for that. Uh, then after that, uh, March nineteenth, Hi-Fi Rush is coming to PS5. Mm-hmm. No Switch version for that. Mm. That's a little bit surprising, but I believe that has a a pre-order discount for PS Plus, so maybe we get a little bit extra uh, discount on that for pre-ordering that. And then after that, uh, there is Grounded for mm. PS5, PS4, and Switch. Mm. It also support cross-play and all that. Um, I'm here to see if that is like the the Minecraft game that has like in-game achievements. Yeah, that you can unlock uh, for that, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the trophies themselves. But yeah, that'll be April sixteenth, and then a couple weeks after that, Sea of Thieves hits PS five. Uh, mm-hmm. That one won't be on PS four, much like Hi Fi yeah. Rush. So I'm guessing those games are a little more demanding, and mm-hmm. also not hitting the Switch as well. So uh, that'll be a thing there. So that'll again also support crossplay with the Xbox and PC players, so people can check that out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, uh, the four games. Some pretty solid yep. choices there. Um, I don't know that I'll be getting any of these. Maybe I'll get Hi-Fi Rush, but uh, the other ones I've already put a decent amount of time into the Game Pass version, so I'm not going to pay again to you know play more of those games if I want to yeah. play more of them. Yeah, they go on good discounts, but yeah, those are the the first four. They're kind of test group there yeah of uh some games that are more small and a couple that are more live service games yeah pentiment in particular i've played pentiment and i genuinely adored it but it's definitely a hard sell for some people because that that there you had that game is a commitment (laughs) um yeah there's a lot of reading a lot of reading yeah it's basically a a visual novel more in-depth visual novel yeah Okay. I do remember when I first saw Pentiment, it was definitely something that struck my interest, but when it came out, I was just a little bit uh, busy at the time. Would you say it yeah. would fare well on the Switch? Uh, definitely, It definitely would, because the game is not graphics-heavy at all. <laughs> Got it. 
Um, okay. It's um, I will, like I said, though, I will warn you ahead of time. It, it there is a lot of reading involved. It's very enthralling reading, and it's very engaging, and it's definitely like I definitely enjoyed my time with it. But it will, it's 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 a slow burn, and it takes a and it's a and it it takes a commitment. So okay, yeah. Well, how long to beat? Says it's around fifteen to twenty-five hours. So that's not too yeah. Bad, but yeah, you know, reading for fifteen hours is a long time. So I get it. But- I will tell you that one of the things about that game that's actually neat is that you know it it, it is very like choice-heavy and like the whole plot of the game takes place over like the span of like I think it's like twenty-five. It's like over like ten, fifteen years. Oh, wow. So you're basically like in this village with people with them for like a, over a decade and a half, and how their lives play out. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, just 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 uh, you know, but bringing it back and talking about these four games in general. Uh, obviously, in my opinion, Hi-Fi Rush was one of the best experiences all year. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how well that would fare on the Switch, just because, like, you know, I on on Xbox that was sixty frames a second, and obviously it's uh, it's rhythm based. So you know, you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know that th- that's a game you want to play with headphones on. But yeah. Oh yeah. And grounded and grounded and see if Steve see if thieves. Um, I'd be wary of on Switch just because, like, you know, the online is the online. But, mm. you know, um, Epic found a way to get Fortnite to work, so I'm sure Microsoft mm. shouldn't have too many issues either. But, right. you know, uh, especially looking at Sea of Thieves, like, you know, it's good to see Rare on a Nintendo platform. So Again, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those Sea of Thieves and Hi-Fi Rush are not coming to the Switch. Unfortunately. Oh, they aren't? Okay. Those Got are for it. the PlayStation, right. unfortunately. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, though Rare found other ways to get onto the Switch. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Oh yeah, we'll be getting to that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, other thing that's happening this week uh, on Tuesday is for Pokemon Day uh, yeah. for 2024. They have a Pokemon Presents stream that's happening mm-hmm. at, let's see, 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Mm. Uh, I think people are expecting remasters or remakes of I forget what the game I saw. It was like gold and silver, maybe? I, I think know. it was black and white, actually. Maybe that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the gold and silver Let's Go remix have been rumored for like two years now, it's, and it still hasn't happened. And the thing about mm-hmm. Pokemon Presents is that a lot of their surprises, at least to me, actually are surprises. Um, I know that I didn't expect uh, Diamond and Pearl to be remastered if you will the way they were and then mm-hmm. like the biggest thing to me especially over the last couple of years was the fact that um what's it called pokemon legends arceus and pokemon uh, scarlet and violet uh for all their problems were end up releasing in the same calendar year so like that was crazy and you know um obviously pokemon company uh sort of uh beats to their own drum especially like not really with nintendo but sort of like as their own thing and, you know, uh, Pokemon really has sort of a strict um, release window. So mm-hmm. I am interested in seeing, like, what they come up with next. Like, I don't think they need anything in the mainline series for the time being, but a remake for Black and White or Gold and Silver, which, you know, Gold and Silver is, is, is my favorite, period. Uh, I'd love to see that happen. But, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing what's coming. It's just 6 a.m. is really early. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, also happening that day on the 27th, uh, Power Simulator's new DLC is coming out. Mm-hmm. The Warhammer 40,000 special pack, yep. uh, as expected. Uh, they're going in on the uh, the religious space fascism. 
mm-hmm. uh, part of that. Uh, yep. With uh, five new vehicles, uh, jobs to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is just full of nouns that you can definitely, uh, I can definitely believe are things. Um, but I've seen them described as there's like two mechs in here mm-hmm. and two big tanks and then uh, an airship or what these things means. Uh, the Ultramarines Land Raider, the Dark Angels Deathwing Redemptor Dreadnought, the uh-huh. Astra Militarum Rogel Dorn Tank. Uh, it's a Michael Dorn tank, as you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the House Hawk Shroud Imperial Knight, and mm-hmm. the Blood Angels Thunderhawk. Mm. That's, uh, that's a lot of nouns being mixed together, so... Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, as they describe here, you are blessed with an all-new Adeptus Mechanicus character model and well-equipped for the ritual cleansing with the custom MK2 Aqua Santa- Santica Arc Bus Power Washer. Mm-hmm. Perfect fusion of human and machine. As uh, That's what Warhammer 40,000 is all about. Yep. Um, especially a lot of the big ships are essentially uh, church ships, essentially. Yeah. They're just big gothic churches turn into spaceships. Yep. Uh, so that's that's the fun stuff there. Oh okay. yeah. Here we're just hired to clean some stuff. Yep. And not not be indoctrinated into the religion. So Yeah. Uh but that'll be fun. That'll be out on Tuesday, eight bucks for this. Uh looking forward to that. That'll be a mm. fun thing to do that day. So there's that for this week. Um also happening this week, Nintendo uh, Switch is getting something to rival Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, uh, which is mm-hmm. Picross S+. Plus. Yep. Uh, this is the new game in the series that is essentially their means of getting the uh, Picross E games from the, mm-hmm. the 3DS eShop uh, brought over. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can get the the base game for $4.99, and then that'll be essentially Picross E. And then you can buy the the other games worth of puzzles for... I believe four ninety nine each uh, yep. from E two to E nine mm-hmm. as DLC, which E nine never got released over here. I think it's it's a one that got stuck in Japan, but uh, people yeah. will be able to finally check that out. And so, yeah, as uh, if you get all of this, all of the DLC here, uh, mm-hmm. they say you'll get uh, access to thirteen hundred and fifty Picross and Mega Picross puzzles mm-hmm. and five hundred and sixty five Clip Picross piece puzzles. Uh, which on the 3ds those were called micross mm-hmm. uh, which are kind of essentially doing smaller pieces of like a a bigger artwork piece of artwork uh kind yep. of thing so um they just changed the t- the, the name of that stuff on the the, the switch series so mm-hmm. this is cool yep there you go watch out guys it's gonna be uh chris's game of the year mm-hmm. uh, it will I already be. played most of these games so it's not gonna be that big of a deal um but yeah, it'll be fun to have a bunch of stuff to chew through on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's that. That'll be out on Friday. It's yeah. a nice little cheap game to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, also coming out, let's see, March 13th, uh, Llamasoft, the Jeff Minter story, finally got a date. Yep. Uh, this is the uh, Digital Eclipse Gold Master Series title number mm-hmm. two that focuses on Llamasoft, uh, Jeff Minter's company that has been making games for going on 40 years now. Yep. Um, most of which is him being influenced by various Atari games, making mm-hmm. his clones, you know, Revenge of the Mutant Camels, that is essentially um, 
uh, a Star Wars game, essentially yeah. based off of the AT-AT character model in a Star Wars Atari game that mm-hmm. you said, well, let's turn it into a camel, make the yep. same game. Uh, that's kind of the 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 fun of his games is that he makes very weird games uh, that are spoofs of other classic arcade games and Atari games and such, and mm-hmm. has built a whole historic career out of that. Yep. Making games for all sorts of platforms. So this this collection focuses on most, most of his older platform stuff. Yep. Uh, 42 games from eight different platforms. Uh, starting on the Sinclair Z8, ZX81, oh. yep, uh, or the ZX as the British would call it, uh, the Commodore VIC-20, uh, very British platforms in case you're wondering. Those are yeah. uh, micro PCs uh, yeah. to working on the Spectrum, the Commodore 64, yep. and the Atari 800, as well as the Atari ST and Atari Jaguar stuff. Um, so that's pretty cool. And yeah, I believe they do have a new platform that is being emulated for the first time. I'm not sure if they have it listed here, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's a platform that was in the works. He worked on a game for it and then they decided not to release the platform. Yep. And so it's like one of those kind of weird platforms, but uh, you'll be able to play those games as well. And yeah, it's going to be a really cool collection mm. uh, with all sorts of documentary stuff as well. Um, that, uh, We'll be like the Atari 50 uh, collection and the uh, uh, the making of Karataka as mm-hmm. well. So that's going to be a really cool, really cool thing to see. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be out next month. So there you go for that. Uh, and the other thing that kind of, I think they debuted the trailer for this like a couple hours after the, the direct. Um, mm-hmm. They teased that they were going to show the first gameplay trailer for Elden Ring's Shadow of the Erd Tree expansion. Yep. Uh, and we got to see that. And that sure was more Elden Ring. Um, yep. It'll be mm-hmm. out June 21st mm-hmm. or $39.99. Yeah. Almost as much as the, the whole game. Uh, yeah. For that. But yeah, you'll get. Let's see. They're releasing new additions. Let's see. There's the Shadow of the Earth Tree expansion. Then there's the Shadow of the Earth Tree edition. Mm-hmm. Which I guess includes the base game and a code for the expansion. Yep. Uh, on the PS5 and uh, Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll also be available digitally on all platforms. So if you've missed out on buying the base game, you can get that and uh, the expansion, I assume, for 60 bucks. Maybe they'll go, maybe Bandai Namco will go uh, a little wild and say 70 or 80 bucks for that, but mm. I don't know. Uh, they also have premium bundles that can give you digital art books and digital soundtrack stuff as well. Uh, deluxe edition uh, gets you a digital art book and digital soundtrack for both the base game and the expansion mm-hmm. as a collector's edition, which I assume is a physical thing. The shadow of the earth tree collector's edition mm-hmm. There's a single voucher code of the selected platform for the shadow or the earth tree expansion. Those are the approximately 18 inches statue of Mesmer the Impaler, who I think is one of the new big bosses. Um, 40-page physical art book and digital soundtrack. Yeah, that's exclusive to the Bandai Namco Entertainment Store. Mm. Uh, yeah, so they're planning to go all out on this, uh, which makes a lot of sense, because I think they had their uh, fiscal year meeting thing, and they had a 95% drop in 
uh, money that they brought in because Elden Ring did not release last year. That came oh. out the year before. Uh, sold like 23 million copies. And because they had nothing else of the same kind of impact, they had a much worse year. Mm. Like also canceled a few games that they had, they had not announced. So they're excited to have this come out this year so they can get more money. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> more Elden Ring stuff. Yep. I'm certainly excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to see if they have story stuff mentioned in here. Not really. It's all in the trailer. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. There's there's new bad people to kill. Yeah. Because why not? Or stuff that will be killing you. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> um, probably more weird stuff to find to use to kill things, though. Oh, yeah. There's like a... They're at, they got like a bunch of new weapons they're adding, including like a repeater crossbow. So, yeah. Does this just add a new landmass or... Is yeah, part of the map that people can experience. Uh, it, if I remember for. correct, it's basically I think it's going to work basically like all the other expansions for From Software's game is, which is there's usually like a place that you go to to activate it, and it basically transports you to like a completely new area. So, you go find a painting, and that somehow transports you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're. I know you're kind of half joking, but that's typically how it works. Oh, I know they have some that are like that. Oh yeah. Or they're just Mario 64. Yep. Um, but yeah, that'd be cool. That's a June thing. I don't think we yep. have many of those announced just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got something uh, here with the Nintendo Partner Direct. Uh, Nintendo Direct Partner Showcase. Yep. Uh, that got announced. Uh, happened on Wednesday, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a good like 40 minutes, something like that. But they announced a bunch of stuff here. We'll kind of go through it. Um, some of the stuff we won't talk about, like grounded. We already talked about that. Yeah. Um, had another Ender game, Ender Magnolia, Bloom in the Mist. Yeah. As uh, a sequel to Ender Lilies. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are Metroid likes. Yeah. Uh, very. I think they're Japanese games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Uh, could be wrong, but yeah, Tokyo, Japan, or no. Higashi, Shibuya, Tokyo, Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they do ports of Cave shoot-em-ups for the Switch. So they've been all over that. That is a Switch exclusive uh, coming out at some point this year. No mm-hmm. date on that. Uh, there's another cool game here called Arranger, a role-playing or role-puzzling adventure uh, for PS5, Switch, and PC. This is the new Nick Sutner game. Mm-hmm. His studio's working on this. Furniture and Mattress which is a pretty good dumb name for a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this has a really nice style to it. And essentially you don't move your character around. You move them like say how threes, like you move stuff around in threes. Mm-hmm. You're essentially shifting the, the paths, um, sort of the grid paths, you know, up or down or left or right um, to move your character around to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, a really neat way to do that uh, as you mm-hmm. kind of have your character go pick up stuff or take on enemies or whatever you need to do to yeah. solve puzzles, uh, which is really cool to see. Um, and yeah, that is supposed to be out this summer. So that's uh, mm-hmm. a cool one to check out. Has a really nice style to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was trying to see if there's any more information here. Oh, this is David Hellman's new game. who did the art for Braid. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes a lot of sense for how this looks. 
Uh, so there's that. Uh, then we got some Unicorn Overlord news. Uh, we already knew it was coming out March 8th, but they have a demo that's out now on everything, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. So you can mm. check it out. And I believe the demo transfers your save over to the full game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't remember this game, this is Vanilla Wares, essentially Vanillaware trying to make Final Fantasy Tactics, mm-hmm. uh, but making it as Vanillaware as possible. So yeah. Yeah, uh, knowing that Unicorn Overlord is probably going to be like, you know, uh, triangle strategy as far as like being great, but um, not really being played by a whole lot of people. And, you know, it coming out eight days after uh, FF7 isn't really like the best thing. But yeah, definitely keep an eye on this one. Yeah. Uh, So that'll be neat. Uh, Probably going to be easier to get into than triangle strategy, because I believe those games are always so dialogue heavy. And I've seen a lot of people kind of getting turned off just on that or just having to skip a bunch of text just to get to the game itself. To be fair, the Vanillaware games are also pretty dialogue heavy. Yeah. But I feel like they're a little bit better on that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is one of those games I'm legit excited for because I love Vanillaware. And the last game they put out was legitimately amazing. Like, I was surprised and shocked at how good it was. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely want to play it. It seems to have less of the egregious uh, female gaze stuff going on. Uh, at least on the From surface. What we've seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably still going to be there. Don't worry. Yeah. But they're at least uh, not putting it up front and center, mm-hmm. like it was for like Dragon's Crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up here, got a bit of a surprise. Uh, a new, let's see, Monster Hunter Stories remaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're bringing that back. Uh, it was a 3DS game, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, coming to PS4, Switch, and PC this summer. Mm-hmm. Now, which, if you don't know that series, uh, that is basically what if they did a Pokemon for Monster Hunter, uh, allowing you to uh, be sort of a. I don't know if you're still a hunter, uh, you're riders uh, mm-hmm. that forge bonds and harness the power of kinship stones allowing them to explore the vast and exhilarating realm together with their uh, monsters. So mm-hmm. uh, that's cool. has a nice style to it, mm-hmm. uh, as you would expect. And yeah, this one looks like they're doing some good work to make it look uh, look a bit better on uh, more powerful platforms and such. So uh, yeah, that looks really cool. That'll be out mm-hmm. this summer. And then, yeah, I got another one of these, uh, Disney Epic Mickey Rebrushed. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is coming to PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC later this year. No date on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the uh, they're remaking the original Wii game to mm-hmm. make it more palatable. Maybe yeah. make it better. Because yeah. it's one of those games that people had a lot of high expectations coming out of some of the, the original like concept art they were showing for that game. Yeah. And then the game that came out was just like, Oh, it's kind of a action platformer thing. Yeah. That supposedly was supposed to have some, you know, Warren Spector style, like uh, immersive sim stuff to it that didn't really yeah. pan out. Yeah. Um, and also this is published by uh, THQ Nordic. So mm-hmm. it's an Embracer group game. Yep. Uh, in case you're wanting to not support them for mm-hmm. any logical reasons. So. Mm-hmm. That's one you'll have to skip. Maybe get the original game. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, whatever reason Disney does not want to handle games themselves right now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, interestingly enough, like Epic Mickey was like one of uh, Disney Interactive's like last games before you know they decided to shut, 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 shut themselves down and become you know prim- primarily a, a licensor. Um, but yeah, I remember when Epic Mickey first came out on the Wii. Um, I don't remember them being all that great. Uh, I do have the first one, but I remember playing it and also just falling off of it. But it was probably also because I just didn't like platformers on the Wii aside from um, Super Mario Galaxy. So, yeah, well, I'll probably give it a shot, but it's not something that I'm totally excited for. Yeah, I might have had the DS game. I think it was a DS spinoff. I think it was like a side-scrolling game kind of thing. Um. Yeah, but like uh, central to Epic Mickey, especially is um the paintbrush, which lent itself well to the Wii Remote. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I do see this game working on the Switch, but unless like for example, the this is coming out on, on on PlayStation also, right? Yeah, it is. So yeah, you know, unless uh, unless they plan on using the um what's the middle button called? <laughs> uh, unless they they plan on using that in, in a unique on way, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting seeing how they you know incorporate that. But I could do gyro. Yeah. So I imagine like uh Epic Mickey two, they'll just have uh you control that with the right stick. Like it's a, a shooter kind of thing. But yeah, that's uh that's one of those things like could see it being uh, a better game, but could also see it just being kind of a an iffy thing. Okay, yeah, it was Epic Mickey Power Evolution on the three DS, so I think this yep. was a a spinoff of the second game, so yeah. Uh Tout is a tribute to Sega's Illusion series mm-hmm. of Mickey Mouse games, which are pretty good there. Um but yeah, the next one here uh is a game that was a Switch exclusive, getting a, a like an expanded version and coming to other platforms. Uh Shimagami Tensei V five mm-hmm. uh Vengeance, kind of playing off the, the naming there. And so that is coming to yeah, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch and PC. Uh, June 21st, going head-to-head against the, the Elden Ring DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, this is going to have an expansion included as well uh, with a new story path untold in the original. Mm-hmm. Surprising from an Atlas game that they do an expansion. Yeah. Um, definitely not going to make this like cheaper for people that own the original game on the Switch. Nope. Or anything like that. So definitely not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna have some more new stuff. That was a it was a cool game, but definitely one of those the the Shimigami Tensei games don't necessarily hit as well as the Persona mm-hmm. games do for people. And I guess the the calendar stuff is maybe the thing that helps mm-hmm. make uh, Persona games more digestible and seeing how you're progressing through it. Well, I mean, the other thing is that the SMT games are just really really hard. Uh, Persona is a whole lot more accessible in that regard as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think uh, JRPGs definitely benefit when you can tell the progression you're having, versus kind of just having it be kind of a, uh, you know, a thing that's hard to tell. Like playing through Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, them having bespoke chapters kind of made it a lot easier for me to be like, okay, I'm getting through here, I'm not just like screwing around for large yeah. chunks of time, uh, that kind of stuff. But yeah, this will be interesting to see this on some more powerful platforms. Cause that was one mm-hmm. of those games that uh, ran a little bit rough and looked a little rough on the switch. Uh, so it'll be nice to see it uh, looking a bit better there. Mm-hmm. Though I doubt it's going to be like 
a huge difference, but yeah, that'll be nice. More people can check this out and uh, make sure they get the the giant dick monster. So mm-hmm. there you go. And uh, yeah, then they went back to more classic games getting remastered. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront Classic Collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, having to be named this because there are also another Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2 that are out on the current uh, PlayStation Xbox consoles. Uh, This is a collection of the first pair of games Mm -hmm. uh, that includes, uh, let's see, yeah, they include some bonus maps and such to them, uh, Jabba's Palace, some Bespin Cloud City, and a bunch of other stuff in there, as well as Extra people that I don't know if they were in the original or not, but mm-hmm. they were hyping that up. Um, and yeah, that's uh, I mean, either including online support in this version, mm-hmm. uh, up to 64 player support. No idea if it's going to be cross play or not, but I, I would assume it, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not. Uh, this is an Aspire collection, so feels like sometimes they. Do like 95% of everything you need mm-hmm. and then just skip out on the last thing. But uh, yeah, that looks neat. Uh, it's already up for pre-orders now. 35 bucks for this collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm, I know on PlayStation you can get a discount for PS Plus people. So yeah, you can check that out. That's out March 14th. So pretty soon. Uh, then see, so yeah, they showed off the South Park Snow Day game that's coming to everything. That's March 26th. That looks okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, could easily be hearkening back to the classic you know, Nintendo 64 days of crappy games. I don't know. But they're touting the story-wise that it's following up the, the two RPGs. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, like, that's the main thing that captures my interest. I mean, like, the, 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 the last two South Park RPGs were pretty much brilliant. And then this one, yeah, they're, they're hearkening back to it. And honestly, they, they are finding a way to make this game look interesting to me. But then once they show the gameplay, I'm like, ugh, nope, don't want this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's out next month. Uh, let's see, there's Sword Art Online, Fractured Daydream, a game. I don't know what's going on with that. So I don't think any of the other ones have been all that good. So mm. this probably doesn't change that in any way. Yeah. Uh, then they got Gundam Breaker 4, a new game in that series that mm-hmm. uh, made sure that they mentioned Gunpla on the stream. Uh, so that's, Oh, yeah. Uh, I think a first for a Nintendo Direct. They're talking about Gunpla. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you, for you, those that don't know, Gunpla are essentially just kits to build Gundams out of plastic yep. stuff, uh, sort of like Lego, but for Gundam, but not as simple as Lego are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this looks neat. Uh, it's going to have all the fan service stuff to it, so that'll be out this year at some time. PlayStation, Switch, and PC. So mm-hmm. there you go. Then uh, we got a new Super Monkey Ball game that seems to be a Switch launch exclusive. Uh, mm-hmm. Super Monkey Ball Banana Rumble. Uh, it's out June 25th, so right after uh, Elden Ring, Shadow of the Erd Tree, and Shimagami Tensei V Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll have this as an option to play there. Um, yeah, they're going to have online play for up to 16 players uh, for various you know game modes like races and King of the Hill type stuff, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff, but have a bunch of single player stuff in there as well uh, for those that want to do that. Uh, so yeah, I feel like every other one of these monkey ball games is exclusive to this to a Nintendo platform. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, then the other one, they're like, oh, everybody can have this, but I think this is a limited time exclusive for the launch. Uh, so there you go for that. And then, yeah, we got date for World of You and confirmation mm-hmm. that it's coming to the Switch. Yep. Uh, and that'll be out, mm, let's see, May 23rd. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'll be fun to see. Uh, that'll be a console launch exclusive on the Switch. So that'll probably mm-hmm. come to PlayStation and Xbox at a later date. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be fun. That's more World of Goo stuff. Mm. Uh, for that so there you go for that and then yeah we got the one level five game in this this showcase uh mm-hmm. that i guess is coming out this year uh mm-hmm. fantasy life i the girl who steals time i think it is mm-hmm. uh it's out october 10th so that's very far away mm-hmm. almost eight months um yeah uh looking forward to that uh love the original game so mm-hmm. excited for this but that's uh gonna be a wait so yeah, that'll be fun. Then yeah, I think we got a, a few more indie games here. Another Crab's Treasure, mm-hmm. uh, which is coming to PS5, Xbox, Switch, and PC April 25th. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, that's a mm-hmm. Souls-like game, but featuring uh, crabs. Uh, where you're picking up random junk to be your shell, like a hermit mm-hmm. crab, uh, and taking on a bunch of enemies. So Yeah, um, I'm... I'm not a Souls Light or a Souls like guy, but then like when I saw this trailer, I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. And then mm-hmm. like during the direct, there were a bunch of people tweeting. So I'm not sure if the game's already out on PC or if it's an early access build, but a lot of people love it. So I'm looking forward to trying that one out. Yeah, there was a demo on Steam during one of the Steam Fest things. Gotcha. So I have a video up on our YouTube channel if you want to check it out. That's a, a fun little game. Uh, let's see, Penny's Big Breakaway. Danner talk about that. That's out now and everything. Uh, the PC version seems to be the roughest state. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Jeff Gersman trying to play it after the direct, and it just kept hard locking at a certain point uh, during the first level, so he could not get past that. And so he maybe check it out later. So there you go. And then yeah, let's see. Suica game got DLC, uh, multiplayer mm-hmm. mode that is local only right now. They're going to add online support later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 225, so slightly cheaper than the base game. Uh, but if you want to, you know, play uh, other people with that game, that's a way to do that. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And then let's see, Pepper Grinder got a date March 28th. There's a demo mm-hmm. on the Switch right now. That's just Switch and PC at the moment. Mm-hmm. I played the the Steam demo for this, and that's mm-hmm. looking like a really fun game. So that's worth. Uh, checking out and yeah pocket card jockey ride on i talked about that so that's out now it's supposed to be a demo i'm not sure if they when i bought it there was not a demo available maybe they made it available by now but uh not 100 sure on that okay it's available now so you can check it out that's a fun game mm-hmm. then yeah snuffkin melody of moomin valley uh, which is based on the, the moomin license yeah, a weird one. I feel like I attribute to this also to a an infomercial that you and I probably saw a bunch as a kid, Brandon. Mm-hmm. The the French language thing. Yep, of teaching French is like that. Looks like that mm-hmm. kind of character, but it's probably not that license. I doubt it. It looked like it. This is probably French as hell. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it's Danish. Okay, close enough. You're or Swedish or Swiss. 
It's European. That's all I can remember. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to teach us French. That's European. So that's weird. But yeah, that's uh, that's looking like an interesting game. I forget what this one is. It might be a Metroid-like. Um, has puzzle, stealth, and melodic elements. So you do some music stuff in there, too. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. Melody of Moon and Valley. So, okay. They, they're collaborating with Sigur Ross for the soundtrack. Okay, mm-hmm. that's weird. All right, enough of that. Uh, yeah, then they showed off Tales of Kenzera Zhao, which is a very cool Metroid-like coming out of EA Originals. Mm. Uh, I played the demo for that on Steam. That's pretty cool. Uh, they also talk about Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Sweep the Board, which is a Mario Party-like, but set in the Demon Slayer universe, mm-hmm. which is weird. Uh, that's April 26th. Sounds awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I believe that's a Switch exclusive, so uh, that'll be out here in about two months. Then, yeah, we got a handful more here. Kingdom Come, Deliverance Royal Edition. Come to the Switch. I can't imagine that runs very well. Uh, it's March 15th. Then Contra Operation Galuga is out on everything. March 12th it has a demo out now on everything, so you can check that out and see if WayForward uh, is the one that made the good Contra game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's Pentiment we already talked about, and then they ended on Endless Ocean Luminous, mm-hmm. uh, Switch exclusive, May 2nd. Uh, that is a $50 game, uh, but has more of the uh, exploring the ocean stuff, you know, documenting all the types of sea life you find. Uh, but I believe they talk about there being like a roguelite element to it, where with each dive, so it's ripping off Dave the Diver, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, for yep. that. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, but you can also play with up to 30 people diving down and doing exploration and making gestures at at people. And people are trying to figure out which one's the closest to a Nazi salute. So mm-hmm. there you go uh, for that. Uh, but that looked neat. That's May 2nd. So that might be a fun little summer game to play. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the, the other announcement, this wasn't the last one, but it, I just put it here on the end. Uh, rare. Games are have come to the Nintendo Switch Online and the expansion pack. Uh, there's two NES, two Super Nintendo, and an N64 game mm-hmm. that are on there now for the N64's Blast Core, which is probably one of their uh, more under-the-table games that people don't mm-hmm. really think about much. Uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of got a bit of an open-world thing to it mm-hmm. as you're destroying stuff. Uh, for the Super Nintendo, it's... Uh, Killer Instinct and Battletoads in Battle Maniacs. Uh, mm-hmm. I played these. I didn't care for either one. Uh, Battle Maniacs seemed like a really poor uh, beat 'em up. Uh, it's really, it really enjoys cheap shots and cheap mm-hmm. tricks to kind of screw you over and get you to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killer Instinct is just an old fighting game that, if you weren't into it, then you probably won't get into it now. Mm-hmm. And especially it doesn't have like move lists or anything in the game. So you'll have to do extra work to figure out how to do anything with these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NES games are pretty decent here. Uh, there's RC program, which is a pretty cool kind of a early cart uh, racing kind of game, uh, but mm. it's isometric. So you're uh, got a little like uh, Ivan Stewart's off-road racing kind of vibes to it, uh, but you're picking up um, Weapons and such that you can use on the track, kind of stuff. So, 
that's cool. There's snake rattle and roll, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a platformer ish kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating. It's one of those games that definitely is good to have the, the rewind and save states to mm-hmm. do that stuff. But yeah, like all of these games are on uh, the rare replay. So those mm-hmm. might be better, better to play there. But if you don't have an Xbox, that's your only other option here to play these. Uh, some decent games there. RC Prime is probably the best of this bunch, but mm-hmm. yeah. If you didn't know, Rare made like dozens of games for the NES. Somehow, mm-hmm. uh, they made several games a year, while most other developers failed to make you know one a game, one game a year. Uh, they were just constantly pumping out stuff, and they were incredibly British games. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but in Japan, uh, they got a game on Nintendo Switch Plus Expansion Pack since I don't think any of these rare games came to Japan. Yeah. Uh, they got Mother 3. So in case what you're wondering, uh, that that uh, part of the, the Nintendo fan base that once Mother 3 got very mad that that happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can technically play it on your Switch if you have a Nintendo Switch Online mm-hmm. Plus Expansion Pack account. You can download the Japanese app. Yeah, but obviously it's all the text is going to be in Japanese. It's not going to be yep. usable for you unless you know Japanese. Mm-hmm. So you will still have to continue emulating that with translations on there to experience it because they're not going to do anything with that game here in the West, unless they get somebody that really wants to spearhead a, a remake mm-hmm. of that game. Which I guess if they've done Mario RPG, then maybe that's possible. But yeah. Yeah, I think the main thing would have to be a remake, um, you know, aside from the fact that uh, the first iteration of the game didn't sell that well. You know, there are some things in that game that aren't really appropriate, especially for our audiences. Um, you know, there's animal cruelty, uh, there's stuff with uh, bereavement. Some people are even talking about the way that Lucas getting his powers isn't really uh, savory as well, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, there are wonderful translations of the game already, you know, if you want to resort through that through, through those means, or you can always just watch a uh, a YouTube playthrough, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just I just don't see it coming unless it was remade from the ground up, which you know I wouldn't say is impossible, but mm-hmm. it's just tough. And uh, yeah, I I don't like people uh, blaming uh, Yutoi and um, everybody for that, but you know it's it's definitely uh, a blind spot uh, from Nintendo for years now, and uh, you wonder if it'll ever be addressed. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was the direct. Uh, anything that caught your eye, Brandon? Uh, yeah, Blast Corpse in particular. I freaking loved that one when I was a kid. Um, yeah, that game was just a riot and a half. <laughs> um, yeah, I if 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 you have never played what that game that game or want to know what it is, basically imagine that you are a demolitions crew and that you're using all these different types of um vehicles that you get a hold of and you try to like clear a path for like this it's it's kind of a it's admittedly kind of a dumb premise um you're basically given the job of clearing a path through all these different cities so that this truck with i think it's like a nuclear bomb or something on it that is set to go off if it makes contact with anything on like this truck that's like 
going free run and can't be stopped or whatever. So basically you have to like destroy all these buildings and stuff that are in its way so that, you know, before it makes contact and blows up. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but it is surprisingly very, very enjoyable. Um, but yeah, as far as like the rare games go, that's more or less the ones that really got to me. Um, yeah. And as for like the other games that we've had here on the on the direct, uh, Unicorn Overlord is a big one. Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, Pepper Grinder definitely looks interesting. Um, definitely looks like a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's more or less it. Um, also probably Epic Mickey Rebrush as well, because I actually did play that back in the day, and I actually enjoyed it, but, you know, I, I also was, like, at a time where I was really wanting to go to Disney World, and so, <laughs> um, that sort of helped scratch the itch a little bit, so, you know, that's, that's more or less me. Yeah. How about you, Danner? Yeah, um, I, I watched this one live. Um, I had a good time. I think, like, one thing to really take note of is as far as the uh, direct partner showcases, this is what this was the longest one, and that's cool to see, especially knowing that the Switch will probably be on its last legs, either like at the end of this year or early next year. So you know we have a lot to look forward to as far as a Switch Two coming. But you know, as far mm. as like the third party stuff, it was pretty cool um, seeing Microsoft like go first with Grounded. Um, it would have been nice if we like saw some other stuff, but you know uh, we got Pentiment, so. Uh, that was cool. And then, yeah, you, you guys mentioned that um, Hi-Fi Rush and, uh, what was it, uh, Sea of Thieves weren't coming to Switch, which, which I thought they were. So, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense now. Um, Ender Magnolia was also a pretty cool um, entry there. And I think um, this is a Switch exclusive, right? So that was pretty interesting, seeing as how Ender Lilies was available just about everywhere else. So I was like, wow, Switch got a, uh, got a big one here. Um, and then there was also Monster Hunter Stories. Um, I played that one on uh, 3DS, so um, and, and I didn't finish it. Um, I don't know if I'll get it again on Switch, but that's definitely a good game that people definitely should check out. And then, um, yeah, aside from that, like, uh, I, I already got the game I wanted, which was Penny's Big Breakaway, but I'm playing it on PlayStation, so it's not necessarily uh, Switch exclusive there. But yeah, like, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to learning more about like what Nintendo has. Uh, for the Switch, but definitely seeing um, everything third-party is pretty cool, too. Oh, World of Goo, too. You know, World of Goo is uh, one that I really enjoyed on the Wii, and the sequel should be just as good, if not better. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a good showing, good to um, put some more games on my radar, and uh, I'm, I'm uh, like, the Switch has, has treated me well, so uh, I, I hope that we continue to see some nice support. Yeah. So yeah, that's gonna uh, do it for the show this week. We got ton of stuff to look forward to now for the next mm-hmm. few weeks here of releases I'm trying to see what else there is here i know final fantasy 7 rebirth is the big game for this week mm-hmm. uh looks like we may also have the the brothers the tale of two sons remake hitting this week on wednesday the star wars mm-hmm. dark forces remaster is out this week uh so that could be uh pretty neat to see as well as you know a bunch of other games here uh mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, that'll do it for the show this week. We'll be back next week with a new slate of news. Mm-hmm. And if you enjoy the show, if you let uh, friends and family know and select strangers, uh, that also have cool things to look forward to here in the next few weeks for mm-hmm. releases. So 
Uh, yeah. Thank you to Brandon Dammer for joining this week. Always. Uh, we'll be back next week. And yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Hope you have a good one. And we'll see you all next time.